Hey everybody, my name is Chris Fritz, and welcome to Views on View. Today on our panel, we have Ari Clark, who is a View developer, and you're also a, a View vixen. I am, apparently officially now. <laughs> mm -hmm. And today our guest is Gift Aguenu. Gift, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. I'm Gift Aguenu, like Chris said, and I'm a software engineer at Andela in Lagos, Nigeria, and I'm also co-organizer for Concatenate Conference. So Concatenate Conference is a free conference for Nigerian developers. And lastly, I'm also a View Vixens chapter leader for Lagos, Nigeria. So View Vixens is a community of women or those that identify as such that are interested in learning ViewJS and we organize meetups and workshops around ViewJS for this women. Hey folks, I just want to let you know quickly about Netlify. Netlify is a really cool system for hosting what are traditionally known as static sites. However, the real benefit that I've been finding is that I don't have to mess with a back end. I can just set things up. I build the website out. I've been using a system called 11DJS and you just deploy it. And then anything that you have that you want to do, you can do on the front end. So if you want to pull in some kind of database with Firebase or something else, if you want to collect form data, Netlify provides all kinds of services that make it easy to do all that stuff. If you're trying to do serverless, they have a really, really neat serverless setup that will allow you to deploy your websites without having to deploy a backend and it'll do some of the work for you. I just, I just love it. So if you're looking for a way that you can actually deploy a website that only has front-end technology in it, gives you all the tools that you typically need for the back-end without having to actually program the back-end, then give them a try. Go check them out at Netlify.com. You do a lot of work on a project called Gridsum. Is that right? Yeah, sure. Gridsum is one of those things that like, I haven't gotten a chance to, to really check it out myself yet, but I've had probably six different people over the last six months, asked me, so have you used Gridsum yet? What are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, so for me, I think I found out about Gridsum from Twitter, actually. No. So I think a particular mm -hmm. weekend, I was scrolling through my timeline mm -hmm. and I saw a tweet from um, Tommy. So Tommy is like the core contributor for Gridsum. And mm -hmm. I decided to check it out that weekend. And at that time, I was trying to like move my blog from Hugo which is also a static site generator to something different. And I was already taking a look at Gatsby, but since I really want to do something with UGS, and I saw that that was a great opportunity and I checked it out and I really loved it. I also think that Gritsome is part of like the new Jamstack architecture, which I'm really excited about trying to. So yeah, that's how I got to know about Gritsome. And ever since then, I've been playing around with it and I've also used it on a couple of projects. Great. So what what attracted you to Gridsum? Like what problem does it solve for you? Yeah. So um, for me, I would say initially the process that I was using, I was using Google, right? And who is starting generator was based on Google programming language. But one of the things that attracted me to Gridsum was the fact that I can use GraphQL for um, data management. And at the time, I just started looking into GraphQL and I felt that that would be a great opportunity to get my hands um, dirty with um, GraphQL as a content management for Gritsum. So Gritsum also has like a couple of plugins that are really nice to plug into your application. So at the time, I had issues with um, um, integrating other plugins in my Google application. For instance, getting comments, I was using discourse for comments, right? So I was having issues with, with, with it and also adding other integrations to Google because I'm not very conversant with um, the Go. So getting around in the code base was a bit difficult for me. It wasn't really customizable, right, for me. But I felt like since I have a uh, great knowledge of VGS, so working with Gritsum was the perfect fit for me at that time. So Gritsum is, is it similar to Nuxt? Yeah, I would say it's similar because they are both based on VGS, but uh, a difference is the fact that Nuxt is basically used for um, static site rendering. Mm -hmm. You can also use Nuxt.js as, as a static site generator, but the major difference between both of them is Nuxt can be used for 
um, static site rendering while Gritsum cannot be used for that. Got it. So it's static site render, meaning like it, it's using like server-side rendering to, to actually create yeah. like static HTML that view will render like once it's mounted and takes over the page. So you, you're serving like real HTML pages and not just, for example, like a, an empty page that then loads and then the client side JavaScript like fills it in. Right, exactly. And, and Gridsome does something, like Gridsome focuses more on the problems of, it sounds like GraphQL integration and making that really easy. And, and what are some other things that it does? All right, so um, some other thing is the fact that you can also, it's still a work in progress right now, but you can also use it for um, progressive web applications. I haven't really dug deep into that, but you can also use Gritsome as a PWA, you can build a PWA using Gritsome. So, so for people who aren't familiar with progressive web applications, uh, what, is, what does that mean exactly? Like what, what features like come with a progressive web application? So for me, the, the key thing about PW is the fact that you can have like your application in a very mobile responsive um, format. And also you can also use it without um, internet at some point. So that's one of the major features of um, PW is, yeah. Okay. I know like my internet goes out sometimes or sometimes when I'm on a plane, it's really nice to be able to like look at view docs and other documentation when I'm not online. And so, yeah, progressive web apps are, you know, making your, uh, your application a progressive web app with offline support so that you can actually view pages without having to have an internet connection. That can be really useful. Yeah, and so this, this does a lot of that work to make your application a progressive web application automatic? Yeah, so pretty much Gritsome comes um, bundled with that. So I think you probably need to do a few configurations, which you can find in the documentation, but it's not uh, easy to get done. It's not that difficult to get it done right. And what would you say is the ideal app? Like uh, if I have like this kind of problem, like this is what Gridsome is made for, you know, like you, you, you know, your, your boss tells you like, oh, we need to build this kind of thing at work or you have this side project. Like when would I think like, oh, this, this would be perfect for Gridsome? So right now, a lot of people are trying to cut from using Medium to having like their personal space where they can document like, for instance, I had, like I mentioned earlier, I had my blog on Google before I ported it to Gridsome. So having, like, personal websites or a blog would be, like, a great solution to using Gridsome. And also, you can also use Gridsome for building, like, uh, standard web pages. Mm -hmm. You can use it for building standard web pages. And with the help of Jamstack Architecture, Gridsome can go a long way in even making you build like a fully functional web application because with Jamstack, you can integrate third-party APIs. You can also integrate serverless, which is you really don't have like a backend, right? So we Rewinding a little bit, for people not familiar with Jamstack, is that a stack of pancakes with jam uh, on top of each pancake? <laughs> that sounds delicious though. <laughs> no, no, no. That is not good. Well, now I'm hungry, but, but please go on and what it is. Yeah, so Jamstack is, I'm just going to say the meaning of Jam. So Jam basically means JavaScript, API, and markup. So this is like a new, newish architecture that is making grounds right now. And I feel like with the Jamstack, people might actually think with Jamstack, you can only build like static HTML pages, but... That is not true. Like you can go overboard with the Jamstack. Like I mentioned earlier, if you want to like build a standard web app, you can go, you can use Gridsome because of the Jamstack architecture, right? You can also have like external third-party APIs, right? And also integrate, like I mentioned earlier, serverless, whereby your backend is, you're not, you don't have any backend, right? You just have like your application running 
on some Savalex functions. Yeah. Oh, so, so basically, like anyone who's building a single page application, which is another one of these buzzwords, which actually usually means like an application with many pages, but it's only one HTML file. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So it should be called a single HTML file application, probably. But anyway, anyway, I didn't come up with these names. I know. Well, come on. <laughs> you know what's too many syllables? The fact that I have to explain it after saying the name. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Shorten it. Uh, anyway, so like anyone using a single page application, they're basically using the Jamstack. Is is that right? Like they're using JavaScript. They're connecting to some API for everything, you know, rather than the server serving markup. And they have markup in the front end and also being served by the API potentially. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of people are actually using Jamstack right now, but they really don't know because this is, I feel like, if, even if you have like just an HTML page, right, and you're pulling in data from somewhere else, that is also, you can also call that a Jamstack website. You get, so the power of Jamstack is limitless. Yeah. So, so basically, if I'm hosting with a static site provider like Netlify or Surge or something like that, then I'm using Jamstack. Yeah. But what, what exactly are you hosting in this case? Because you need to define that too. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I can't... If you're hosting with something like that, I, I guess if you're not connecting to an API. Yeah, uh, let's say, yeah, is there an yeah, API you're right. here? Yeah, and yeah. You, could, you could potentially have no JavaScript there either. But if you're using JavaScript and you're connecting to an API and it's a static, like you're using a static host, it's definitely Jamstack, is that, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. That is Jamstack. Okay, cool. So today I just I want to know so that if, if someone's asking if I'm using it, go ahead. <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. Now I know. Yeah, basically, I, I just want to know so that when people ask me, it's like, so are yeah. you using the Jamstack? It's like, I'll be yeah, like, yeah. I, can, I can say, yeah, confident. Totes. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm all about the jam. But I'm thinking of migrating <laughs> to peanut butter. What? <laughs> Actually, pancakes uh, and peanut butter are delicious. Just saying. No, th- this would obviously be a lot more tools because uh, it's more letters. But they should yeah. make, if you need to be a peanut butter stack now. To go with jam. jam. So next week, I'm expecting very popular in America. The acronym figured out, Chris, because I'm excited about this now. Cool, cool. I think I I might be mistaken, but I think Netlify coined the term. So they also have some good blog posts explaining explaining Gemstack for people who want more information and why they why they came up with it. Yeah, that that is correct. And the Netlify people, they're really pushing the Gemstack. I think, yeah, I think it was. They started it, so. Okay, so I am looking at the Gridsome um, homepage right now, and it says, any headless CMS. Can you explain to me what a headless CMS is? Because I keep hearing this term, and I don't know what it means. All right, cool. So a headless CMS is basically a backend-only content management system built from the ground up as a content repository that makes your content accessible there. APIs, right? So for instance, Netlify CMS is a headless CMS and there are other, in fact, there are a lot of headless CMS you can use in the uh, market. So I know, I know I've know i tried forestry and also Contentful. So it's basically you plugging in con- a content management system into your Gritsome application whereby you're not managing your content on your application, but it's on their service, right? So does that explain it? Okay, so basically it's like a CMS via API, and then you decide what that content looks like. Right. this? <laughs> okay, wow, that actually sounds super useful. So, and, and CMS for people who might not be familiar, we've got a lot of acronyms today. <laughs> Content management system. So it's like WordPress, if you have a WordPress site, a lot of people have used WordPress or Drupal. Like these are content management systems. They allow you to like create articles and stuff like that. And so what this is, is instead of like WordPress typically, you know, it, it not only gives me an interface for creating articles, it also allows me to like design how those articles are displayed. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like a headless CMS is like the admin interface to let me create new content and edit that content and maybe organize that content 
but there's no front end at all. It just serves to an API. And then something like Gridsome would take care of how to display that content. Right. That is okay. absolutely correct. Okay, good, good. And so does does Gridsome come bundled with like a a certain headless CMS that you recommend, you know, with some kind of integration or how does that work? So with Gridsome, you have like plugins, like I mentioned earlier. So these plugins, I think for each of these headless CMS, they already have their plugins. So if you decide to use, for instance, you decide to use Netlify CMS, there is a plugin you can install in your Gridsome application and of course, you would already have like an account on Netlify CMS, so it's easier for you to plug it in to your Gridsome app. But um, with Gridsome itself, Gridsome comes with a, a file management plugin also, but this just basically handles Markdown files. So you, for instance, you have your Markdown files in a contents folder that displays, for instance, if you have blog posts, right? You have like a contents directory in your Gridsome project with markdown files for each of these blog posts. But if you if you decide to manage your content on a third-party API, like using an headless CMS, then you can now integrate one of these plugins um, into your Gridsome application. Great. So is this similar to like Nux modules, if you happen to know? Like where it, so I think Nux modules, they have like a module for like Google Analytics, for example. And you install that module and you give it some information for Google Analytics and it, it basically just integrates that for you. Yeah, that's exactly how it works too. So Gritsome has like a lot, a lot of plugins. It also has, like you mentioned earlier, it also has like a Google Analytics plugin and there is a Gritsome, there is a Gritsome.config.js file and within this file, this is where you configure each of these plugins. So if you decide to use, for instance, a Netlify CMS plugin, once you've installed it, you just need to add the name of the plugin. So it's usually called either Gridsome Netlify CMS. So you just need to plug it in in your Gridsome configuration file, and you already have it working. And you're just ready to deploy. Yeah. That wow. That's, it seems yeah. It seems to simplify like a lot of really common use cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm now like tempted to finally I don't know build a personal site, start a blog because. Sounds like it would actually be pretty easy to get that started now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you should you should do that. And, you know, I'm coming to you if I need help. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm not familiar with this space or not not as familiar as I could be with this space. You mentioned that you can connect using GraphQL and, and GraphQL is like a for those who might not be familiar, an alternative to just like a traditional REST API. Is is that right? Where you know, you have maybe like, let's say for uh, an API where I'm getting blog posts. Right. I might have like forward slash API forward slash posts, which like lists all the recent posts or something like that. And then I might have forward slash API forward slash posts forward slash two, which <laughs> gives me like a specific post with the idea ID of two. And there are other URLs for like creating and destroying or combinations of like URLs with HTTP methods, like get and post, patch, delete, that kind of thing. Right. So, so how is how is GraphQL different? So one thing that actually differentiates GraphQL from the normal traditional REST API is the fact that with GraphQL, you just have one endpoint. So like you mentioned earlier, you said you'd have to have like a post slash ID post slash whatever, but with GraphQL, you just have like simple API, which can either be posts, and then you can query whatever data you want. For instance, if you just want to list a single blog post, with GraphQL, you have like a GraphQL playground where you can actually test out this, um, you can actually test out these endpoints. So the basic difference between GraphQL and the traditional REST API is the fact that with GraphQL, you can only have one endpoint, and also you with that particular endpoint, you can query any data you want to, as compared to the REST API. So, for example, oh, could I <laughs> would GraphQL allow me to not only grab a blog post but any 
comments that might be associated with it? Right. You can also do that. You can also do that. So for for instance, here's just an example. If with GraphQL, if you want to query, for instance, posts or blog posts, then within that blog post, you can have like your your ID, your description, published dates, like everything is just within a particular query and you get all the response. So you're free to add whatever you want to add. And it's not you're you're going to be getting the exact data you require instead of like having all the data response sent back to you. And at the end of it, you don't need some of it, right? Yeah, a lot of the times, like when I'm making an API request for for a blog post, for example, it might return like all the tags and categories and like maybe a bunch of other metadata, like when it was created, uh, when it was last updated. And maybe the only information that I want in a certain view is like the title of the post, the like first, you know, 500 words or 300 words or something like that. And then maybe just who it's by. Right. But I get all this data I don't need, which slows down the request and also like creates more data and memory that the user doesn't actually need to care about. Yeah, so that's why GraphQL is there to solve that problem, right? So with GraphQL, you only get what you only get the data you need or the data you requested for. Oh, that sounds great. And is there any integration in Gridsome for real-time requests? So let's say, you know, I want to get a post, but I also want to be automatically notified whenever that post is updated. So that for the user, like when, you know, there's, let's say I, I fix a typo, I don't have to wait for all my users who are reading the article right now to hit refresh in order right. for them to see the fixed typo. Mm-hmm. It'll just automatically push down to everyone who's currently reading and everyone who will read in the future. Yeah. Is that possible? Yeah, I yeah, I think it is. I think it is. So there is, trying to remember what it's called for, there is a particular method within GraphQL that allows you to do that. So I think maybe it's called subscription. Can I mm-hmm. remember? But yeah, yeah, you can totally do that. So is, is it dependent on which headless CMS provider you're using? You know, whoever's like providing the content and manage that content. Do some of them support subscriptions and some of them don't? Or so I think it it comes like it comes directly with GraphQL. It doesn't have anything to do with the headless CMS you're using. Mm. So the headless CMS doesn't have to support GraphQL for me to use it in the app? So how, how it works is, for instance, the, the reason why GraphQL is there is for you to be able to query third-party APIs, like, for instance, this headless CMS. The headless CMS that I'm trying to query, they are usually in REST API formats, right? They don't have like GraphQL endpoints. So yeah. Gridsome has a data store API that helps you translate this um, REST APIs into GraphQL. So at the point where most, most of it is already done for you if you're going to be using the plugins. So I mentioned we have Whoa. the... So <laughs> even if I'm using like, let, let's say I'm using WordPress and I'm using WordPress headless. Yeah. You know, so I'm just using it for an API. Like there's a plugin for Gridsome mm-hmm. that takes that REST API and then just like converts it somehow into a GraphQL API so that I can just use it like like a GraphQL API? Yes, exactly. Whoa. Yeah, this is too easy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't trust things that are too easy. No. <laughs> to get that feature, do I have to do... Do I have to have like some other server that I'm communicating with that like communicates with the WordPress API on my behalf or how does that work? So generally for users, if you want to use that feature, you really don't have to do so much work because the people that already created these plugins, they've already done, like I mentioned earlier, there is a data store API that you can use to do this, right? So for instance, if you're going to be using the Gridsome WordPress plugin, they are called source plugins. So if you're going to be using the Gridsome source WordPress plugin, right, you don't need to do anything because it has already been done in the plugin directly, right? So 
all you just need to do is install this plugin and in your GridSome configuration file, add the necessary um, parameters that are needed. And if you check your, so when you run GridSome, for instance, if you run GridSome run dev, you get like a GraphQL endpoint that you can visit. Automatically, once you check your GraphQL playground, you get endpoints in the grid, um, in GraphQL format. So you really don't have to do so much work, except you want to go ahead and build a plugin from scratch. That is when you need to do the work. So all of that is client side? Like I don't need like more complex architecture to be able to do that? Yeah, as long as whatever CMS you're using already has a plugin, you don't need to do, you don't need to go through that process. But if you're going to be using a CMS that doesn't have a plugin um, already by Gridsome, then you would have to communicate with the data store API to translate that REST API to GraphQL using the data store API from some. That sounds great. So the, the headless CMS manages a server, and then I just manage my static site with Netlify or something like that. And I never have to manage a backend server. No, you don't have to, as long as you have that plugin set up. That's great, because that's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It's pretty easy to get started with. Once you just check out the documentation, on the Bitsome website, there is like a plugins page where you can a directory of all the plugins listed. So you can just um, check out the headless CMS you're interested in using and install the plugin and you already have everything set up for you. So within your view components, all you just need to do is query content from the CMS using GraphQL templates within your VGS components. How long does it take for people to like get started and play around and like to just to evaluate Gridsome to see if it, you know, meets their needs and to learn how it works. Like, should I set aside a, a Saturday? Should I set aside an hour? So I would say you need, you need like view experience uh, or JavaScript. If you don't have these experiences, it might take a while for you to um, know what's happening around the code base. But if you already have view experience, then it can take you about two hours to get started with. Because for you to just um, get a Gridsome project up, you just need to like install the CLI because it already has the CLI provided for you. All you just need to do is install the CLI and then you can just create a Gridsome application. And then something else I'm really excited about is the fact that Gridsome comes bonded with starters. So starters are basically um, Gridsome website are already configured for you to use. So if you don't want to scaffold a new Gridsome project from scratch, you can pick one of these because there are so many, there are different ones. For instance, Ari, you wanted to create a blog, right? So there is a Gridsome starter blog. There is also a Gridsome starter Contentful. So Contentful is an endless CMS. So if you're going to be using Contentful, you can just use a starter. So at this point, you don't even need to go through the process of installing Contentful plugin, like I mentioned earlier. So Gridsome starters are really great for you to use. So if you're going to be starting out with Gridsome, I would advise that you pick a starter and um, start with that. Got it. Got it. So pick a starter template. And it sounds like Contentful is, is maybe the one that you'd recommend. Not really. So it depends on what you want, right? For instance, if you want a blog, there is a Gridsome started blog, blog, which is what I use for my blog, and I also customize it to fit my needs. There is also a Gridsome portfolio starter. So if you're thinking of building a portfolio, a personal portfolio, you can mm. start with that. So if you actually don't like the way it's designed, you're free to customize it to how you want it to be, right? There are other starters like Shameless Blog. I created a starter recently because I was writing a, a post about how to create a blog with Gridsome. And after creating this article, I came up with like a simple minimal starter that I can use. So, and I submitted it to the Gridsome repo and it got merged in. So yeah, I also have a starter on Gridsome. It's called the Gridsome Minimal Blog Starter. Oh, yep, I see it. So yeah, I'm actually looking at the starters page on the Gridsome docs right now. Very nice work. I like it. 
but yeah, it looks like there's a pretty good selection here and they look really nice. Yeah. If you want to play, play around with it, you can just clone a starter or if you don't want to go through that route, you can easily just start up your own project from scratch. It's just for you to use the Gritom CLI, like I mentioned earlier, with a project. And you have it powerful there for you. Cool. And and if you're starting a blog, the, the two like blog starters that I, I'm seeing are the are WordPress and Contentful. Do you have a recommendation out of, out of those for the, uh, the best starter for a blog? Personally, I'm currently not using any of those. I'm just using the plain Gritsum blog starter. So I think if I'm to pick, I would go with um, Gritsum contents because I know I've, I have like a little idea of how to play around with contentful. So if I'm to pick, a personal preference for me would be the contentful starter. So, so go with have, whatever you have experience with, basically? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't want to, because not everybody would actually want to have an headless CMS. It is great, right? But not everybody wants to have that. So if you don't want that, you can just use the Gritsum starter blog, which doesn't have any CMS attached to it. And why, why would you not want a headless CMS? Are there disadvantages? Not really. So a lot of people would love to use it, right? But some people might actually just want to manage their content within their Gritsum um, project. So instead of having your content in the um, headless CMS like Contentful, they might just want to have like their markdown files within their Gritsum project. So it's, it's like personal preference, right? It's just a personal preference. But I'm sure there are no disadvantages to using a CMS. It makes your life easy, so yeah. So you you can still have a nice UI when you're that nice user interface when you're creating your content, rather than just having to write in Markdown files or something like that. Right. So I don't know, but some people might actually prefer writing Markdown to using a CMS. So totally depends on um, personal preference, right? Am I remembering correctly? Because uh, I started looking at this stuff a few days ago. Did I see that you're able to use your file system as your data source? Or am I imagining that? Am I totally imagining that? Yes, yes, you can. So like I mentioned earlier, I was talking about you having your local files for managing content. So there is a Gritsome file system plugin. When you set it up and you have like Markdown files, so this would translate into HTML files. Like with some, we build them into HTML files for you. And that will be um, displayed when you run the application. So yeah, that totally works too. Wow, that sounds super easy. I like that. Cool. Sort of sounds like, like you know, what, what ViewPress is for documentation. Sort of sounds like Gridsum is ViewPress for blogs. Actually, I'll say that's, that's correct. But recently I seen a lot of beautiful websites that people have built using Gritsum. So I would say it's not actually just for blogs because I see a lot of people getting their hands dirty and creating beautiful websites. So I'm mm. currently a member of the Gritsum Discord channel. And recently I saw someone posted a website he built from scratch using Gritsum. And to my surprise, I was amazed because it was really beautiful and if he told me that he used Gritsum for that, I would be really surprised. So it's just um, your your limitation. So if you decide to build the blog, then that's fine. If you want to go ahead and create something different, then that's fine. So you can use it for different use cases. So is it more like for content-driven sites? Yeah, right. It is. So I also did not mention earlier, but... Gatsby is like the view version. Gritsum is the view version of Gatsby. So whatever is possible with Gatsby, you can also do that with Gritsum. Got it. Good to know. Yeah, Gatsby is really popular. A lot of people have experience with it. So I think that'll be a useful comparison. Yeah. And I'm I'm kind of curious, if you don't mind uh, dropping down to a tiny bit of a more technical level, like what are some of the, what are some of the libraries underneath that you're putting together uh, and helping people integrate. So for example, with GraphQL, a lot of people use Apollo. That's, that's one of the popular like Apollo clients or 
GraphQL clients. Gosh, I can't speak anymore. Do you have a plugin? <laughs> Help me speak. Nah. So are, are you using Apollo for GraphQL? And like, what other kinds of libraries are you integrating for people that you found really useful for content-driven view apps? If I get a question correctly, are you saying what libraries with some is using underneath? Yeah, like that, that, that you find like really essential. You know, if you're using like Lodash or something, yeah, maybe that's not so important. That's more like an implementation detail. But, you know, this is something that is in the community and people could use on their own, but you make that integration into the app even easier. I think I would like to skip this question because it's... <laughs> no problem, no problem. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a complex question I'm and trying, I, yeah, I don't expect to... you to know all these things off the top of your head. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> so... Now I'm, I'm curious. We've talked about a lot of the things that Gridsum is useful for. What should I not use Gridsum for? Well, that's interesting because I haven't really thought about the possibilities of not using Gridsum for a particular application. But I think if you're going to be thinking of using like a very complex um, backend system, for instance, integrated using Ruby or something, then Gridsum cannot be used for that kind of use case. Mm. Okay, so if I if I wanted to integrate it into some backend like Ruby on Rails or Django or something like that, or if I wanted to like integrate it into a Node app and let's say do some server side rendering, yeah. like then Gridsum isn't the right solution. Yeah, exactly. And this brings me to my next question: like some people choose to do server side rendering to give them like better performance for a lot of users, especially users on slow or intermittent connections, mm-hmm. and, and also to improve SEO. So how does this work with Gridsum? Do you get around the problem of serving a, a blank page and, and rebuilding that, which right now works very well for SEO for, I think, Google generally and Bing? Although it can be intermittent sometimes, depending on how long the request takes. So do you right. do you serve a static site first or like a pre-generated one? So the way the way um, Gridsum works is after development, right? You can now build your Gridsum app, and once you build your app, you get like static files um, rendered static HTML files, right? And these static HTML files by default are already SEO friendly and they already have like great performance. So once you build a Gridsum application, then you're sure that you have awesome performance like SEO friendly websites delivered to you. So it comes bonded with things like this. Mm, so it'll it'll pre-render? Yeah. Once you once you run the build command, which is Gridsum build, it's renders static HTML files. And the static HTML files, when you deploy it to a service like Netlify, then you would be sure that you have like SEO-friendly pages, pages with great performance. Well, here's my next question. So then what happens if, you know, my, my blog really takes off, it's become the new CSS tricks, and I have thousands, thousands of blog posts does that mean that build is going to take like half the day in order to finish? Does it have to re-pre-render all of those static files again every time I want to make a change? No. So personally, I don't have like a lot of pages on my blog, right? I don't have a lot of pages, but whenever I... So the way it works is I already integrated Netlify to um, my blog. So whenever I push to GitHub, Netlify already has like a Gridsum build command that I set up while I was creating the project, right? So whenever I push my, if I have new content and I push to GitHub, Netlify automatically runs the Gridsum build code. So whenever you push new content to your blog or to your website, the static website host you're using, in this case, Netlify will automatically rebuild that website from scratch for you. So yeah, that's how it works. But will will that task on Netlify start taking a really long time if I have a lot of different pages? 
So from my experience, it really hasn't taken a lot of time. So most times it's usually between 30 seconds to a minute. Mm-hmm. This is because I don't have like a thousand pages, but I'm pretty sure even if you have like a lot of pages on your website, it still would not take so much time to build. Yeah, I'll have to play with that and check it out. Yeah, I should. Are you going to create a thousand blog posts, Chris, just just to do this? I, I, I might. I might create 10,000 uh, just, just as a test. All right. I'm going to hold you to uh, that. I'm curious. I'll, I'll share the results. I'll let you know. Yeah, looking forward to that. Cool. So is there anything else that we should know about Gritsum? Cool. Okay, so right now, Gritsum is still in active development, even though a lot of people are currently already using it in production. For example, I'm already using it for my blog. And one thing that I really love about the Gritsum project, because it's open source, right, is about the community. So currently we are at version 0.6, which was just released last month. And a couple of things that they already have like on their roadmap, I see them already doing it like in a couple of months. Like some of the things I'm looking forward to that as already I was looking forward to rather was um, them integrating like a new thing called the Pitch API. And also I know that they are actively working on having like the progressive web app feature I mentioned earlier active. So currently um, I feel like if we get like a lot more contributors to this project, because we just have like, I checked this morning and I feel like we just have like around eight, six contributors. So if we can get a lot more contributions to this project, then would be at the same rate with Gatsby. But we are doing pretty good. Nice. And also really excited about documentation because that that is the part that I mostly do contributions to. And when I first um, got started with with some, I think I checked documentation and I saw a lot of empty pages. And that was one of the things that gave me that interest to even um, contribute to it. I think the first contribution I made was just a typo fix. Right. But after that, I I have had like over five different PRs merged. And this is something I'm really excited about being a part of this community. Gridsum is growing and I'm happy about that. Nice. And, and so in, in Gridsum, you mentioned it's still an active development. Does that mean it's not at a 1.0 release yet? Is it in beta or alpha or something? Yeah, I think it's still in beta. So right now it's at okay. 0.6. So... So sometimes there are breaking changes coming out, but not too often? Uh, not too often, but I know there, yeah, there are, like, I know I've experienced a couple, but the team, they are active. So if you have, like, issues, you can just raise uh, an issue on GitHub and then you get help. Great. Yeah. So you feel it's stable enough to use in production right now? Yeah, totally. I feel because I've been using it for a couple of months now, and I think I've had issues with the GraphQL schema because at a point, if I add data to, say, my Markdown page, if I update a particular image or something and I check my browser to see if it's updated at a point, I don't get the data. So I have to, like, rebuild, I have to rerun the Gritsum develop. So that's one of the issues I had. But this is something that the team are yeah, currently working on. And I'm pretty confident that by before they get to version one, this is something they would um, probably fix. If you want to use it, you can go ahead and use it. It's pretty stable. Excellent. I'm looking forward to giving it a try soon. Cool. All right. Do you have any final questions for Gift before we wrap things up? No. Uh, I think she answered all of my questions extremely thoroughly. All right. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give you full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, 
if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. Let's take it to picks. Ari, would you like to go first? Sure, why not? All right, I only have one pick this week, and my pick is massage therapy. So I tend to have a lot of neck pain, and for several years I hadn't had a massage, and it was getting to the point where I couldn't even move my neck really without having horrible pain. So I started doing weekly sessions uh, for massage, and I have to say my quality of life has improved dramatically. So I know like as developers, we spend a lot of time at our desks and I don't know if you guys do this, but when I'm in like hardcore debugging mode, I'm like right in my computer. You know, we have this tendency to lean forward. You know, it's like when you're uh, trying to find a house for the first time and you turn the music down to hear yourself think, somehow being closer to the the screen, uh, you might find the bug. But yeah, so if you're having any issues or you're just not really good at holding good posture like me, I highly recommend deep tissue massages. You don't even realize how much pain you're in until it's gone. So that's my pick. Excellent. I'll go next. And I have two picks. My first one is Celeste, which is a game. It's like a, a really hard platformer that is available on the, the PC and Switch and I think some other platforms. But the the theme is essentially mental illness. And you play as a, a character, Madeline, who is at a really difficult time in her life and has decided she's going to climb this mountain to like prove to herself that she can do things. And as she's climbing the mountain, uh, she struggles with and finds coping mechanisms for the mental illness that she experiences. And I, I found it very, very, just just an amazing game, an amazing experience. Although I, I do have to warn people, there is a simulated panic attack at some point in the game. And it, it did trigger a real panic attack for me, which fortunately, uh, my wife, Katie, was home and I was okay, but that was not fun. <laughs> so just if, if you get to that point, feel free to take a step back, you know, be especially conscious of your mental state and pull away before the things get too bad, if that's triggering for you. I'm going to have to check that out. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So still, still do not regret playing the game at, at all, despite that. I, I just wish that I had been a little bit more mindful. We love to check that out. What what did you call it again? It's just... called Celeste. C E L E S T E. So check then, that out. Cool. And then I have one more pick, which is an extension for VS Code. It's Code Spell Checker, which you know. Oh my god! We I have that. <laughs> we have a bunch of people who uh, work on documentation sometimes here, and I use it all the time, not only for documentation but just my normal code. It not only like checks spelling of words, but also variables that are in camel case or snake case or uh, kebab case, that kind of thing. Very, very useful. Yeah. I've had so many bugs that were due to a typo in a variable name. So that sounds amazing. I'm going to need to install that. I already use it. I already have that installed for it's pretty nice here. You also use it. Yeah. And shout out, I, I think Sarah Dresner might have been the one to introduce me to that. Cool. So I think I can go next, right? Yeah, go ahead. All right, cool. So I have three picks. The first one is my YouTube channel. So I recently started a YouTube channel um, revolving around my lifestyle and also tech. So currently I write technical articles, but I also want to explore um, creating video content too. So I decided to start a YouTube channel and I already have like a few content on it. Then my second pick is a new movie. Where can I... people find the YouTube channel? Oh, it's just my name, Gift Egrino. Okay. Yeah, so yes. we'll, we'll drop a link in the show notes. Right. And I have to say, I saw your day in the life video. I loved it. It was so fun. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you. I put so much work into that and I've been getting nice feedback. So that's awesome to hear. And then my second um, pick would be a movie I just saw on Netflix, which is called When They See Us. It's a really good movie. I don't know if you've seen it, but I really loved it. And it was a bit emotional too, but yeah, pretty good. And the fact that it's, this is a real life story that was um, being depicted in this movie just made it really cool for me. What kind of movie is it? So it's a Black American movie, right? Whereby Mm -hmm. there are a couple of guys, I think five guys that, they were accused of uh, rape. I think they were like teenagers, right? So this mm-hmm. is something that it revolves around uh, law, the law in America. And mm-hmm. it's just a bit complicated because I feel like they really deserve justice, like the teenagers' rights, but they didn't get it. So this is just telling you how the the structure or the law structure is in America. Mm. And that one's called When They See Us? Yeah, When They See Us. Got it. Yeah. And then my last pick would be a project I worked on, which is called the Learning Resource Roadmap. So this is just a resource for people that are interested in learning front-end development. So if you're a beginner, if you're a beginner and you want to get into front-end development, I created this resource for you. So it, con- it contains content ranging from beginners um resources to intermediate resources and then advanced resources. So it's available at Learning Resource Roadmap. You can just Google that. It's on GitHub also. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. And besides your YouTube channel, where can people find you? Right. Um, our gift, the ones on Twitter and on GitHub, then Laura Gifts underscore on Instagram. But you can pretty much find me as Laura Gifts. I think I'm the only Laura Gifts here. Oh, the only Laura Gifts online? Oh, you're lucky. I'm not the only Chris Fritz. I, I'm not so sure, but I think, yeah. Yeah, I have a super common last name too, so <laughs> not the only Ari Clark. Yeah, I'm not as bad as, as Clark. Fritz is a little bit, it, yeah, it's less common, that's true. That's true. but there are still enough of us. And Chris, uh, there are a few, I don't yeah, know if you're a common first name. There now. are a few Chris's <laughs> out there. Uh, <laughs> a lot, actually, a lot. I at least yeah. have a less common first name. So is is Ari your full name or? It's not. It's Ariana. Oh, cool. No one ever calls me that. Only if I'm in trouble or it's official government business. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So if I'm mad at you sometime, I can call you Ariana. Oh, God. Yeah. And then I'll be terrified and I may never come back. (laughs) Oh, well, then I will never do it. (laughs) I'll come back. I don't want to do that. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you, Gift, for joining us this week uh, and for telling us about uh, Gridsome and, and all the other things you shared. Thank you, Ari. And thank you, the audience, for being here with us today and for being our neighbors. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, I really had fun chatting with you and Ari. Yes, thanks Great. for coming. So until next week, everybody, enjoy the view. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.